Look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet, at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two, and I know it was not the last blow that did it, but all that had gone before. Jacob Rice. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. This is your host, Jamie Ward. Last week we talked about it wasn't a special episode. This week we can't help but have a special episode. It is a special episode. It can't help but not be a special episode. Why? Welcome to the 100th episode of the Silver Linings Playcast. Uh-huh. As far as I know, it is still the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. I have been your host for the last 100 episodes, and this is our 100th episode. It is not our two-year episode, because we've been doing an episode a week. One week we did two episodes, so uh, 105. Episode 105 will be our two-year official, but... We are at 100, and for some reason that seems like more of a milestone. I'm not saying it seems like more of a milestone to me. I mean, like, why Why do any of these things seem like a milestone? I don't think that anything should be a milestone except doing this, because we want to do this. That is the, on, the only milestone is, are we enjoying this? Yes. And we are existing in that milestone at every moment that we exist in this, right? Why do people have ridiculous milestones? Uh, 100th episodes, 200th episodes, and why is it that multiples of 10 are what we seem to feel like are special occasions? Or even numbers. Nobody's ever like the 7th episode. Um, nobody's ever like... Uh, but anyway, we're going to treat it like it's big because it is an arbitrary measurement that people seem to be impressed by, and we are going big. This is going to be uh, not a special two-part episode, not a three-parter, not a four-parter, not a five-parter, not a six-parter, not a seven-parter, not an eight-parter, not a nine-parter, not a ten-parter. Not an 11-parter, not a 12-parter, not a 13-parter, not a 14-parter, not a 15-parter, not a 16-parter, not a 17-parter, not an 18-parter, not a 19-parter, not a 20-parter, not a 21-parter, not a 22-parter, not a 23-parter, not a 24-parter, not a 25-parter, not a 26-parter, not a 27-parter, not a 28-parter, not a 29-parter, not a 30-parter, not a 31-parter, not a 32-parter, not a 33-parter, not a 34-parter, not a 35-parter, not a 36-parter, not a 37-parter, not a 38-parter, not a 39-parter, not a 40-parter, not a 41-parter, not a 42-parter. 
Not a 43 parter. Not a 44 parter. Not a 45 parter. Not a 46 parter. Not a 47 parter. Not a 48 parter. Not a 49 parter. Not a 49 also parter. Yes, I did lose track of counting. Not a 50 parter. We're not doing a 51 parter. We're not doing a 52 parter. Or a 53, 54, or 55 parter. We're not going to do a 56 parter. We're not going to do a 57 parter. We're not going to do a 58 parter. We're not going to do a 59 parter. Ever heard of a 60 parter? Well, not. You're not going to do it here. Probably never heard of a 61, 62, or a 63 parter. Are we going to do a 64 parter? Nope. Are we going to do a 65 parter? <laughs> no. Not a 66 parter. Not a 67 parter. Not a 68 parter. We're not going to do a 70 parter. We're not going to do a 71 parter. We're not going to do a 72 parter. None of these parters are going to be nice numbers. Uh, we're not going to do 73 parter, 74 parter. We're not going to do a 75 parter. This is not a 76 parter episode. This is not a 77 part episode. This is not a 78 part episode. It's not a 79 part episode. This is not an 80 parter. This is not an 81 parter. This is not an 82 parter. This is not an 83 parter. Not an 84 parter. Not an 85 parter. Not an 86 parter. Not an 87 parter. Not an 88 parter. Not an 89 parter. This is not a 90 parter episode. This is not a 91 parter episode. Not a 92 parter episode. Not a 93 parter episode. Not a 94 parter episode. Not a 95 parter episode. Not a 96 parter episode. Not a 97 parter episode. Not a 98 parter episode. Not a 99 parter episode. This is going to be a hundred parter episode. How do you get bigger than that? How do you get bigger than us having a special event to commemorate a special event and the special event is just as big as the event of which we are commemorating. Can you believe that? That's what we're going to do here. That's why this podcast is different than every other podcast, I think, uh, as far as I know. So what this is, is the first of a special 100-parter uh episodes. I don't, why did they call it that? Right? Like, what is, what is it? You know, there's like a special, a two-parter, a two-part episode, special to commemorate. We couldn't fit, we couldn't fit everything in for the anniversary. <laughs> we can't fit everything in to 99 episodes to celebrate our existence for 100. So I'm calling it right now. Uh, I have actually recently decided that we are going to start doing seasons so at the conclusion of this 100-parter episode series, it's also the 100-episode the anniversary, but also our first season finale. Not, not this one, the conclusion of our 100-parter special episode. Are you tracking? You don't have to now. There will be as much time as this podcast has been in existence, that much time forward, theoretically, if we keep doing this, to figure out what I mean. I'm not going to spend a hundred weeks explaining it. 
though. Actually, technically, our 100-parter anniversary special will be longer than our run so far because one week I did two episodes, so unless we fall off track, we're currently on track to have a longer anniversary special than the season we're commemorating. And then we'll start with season two of the Silver Linings Playcast. I thought something that would be fun to do, one, and we're going to have to pause, so we're not going to finish the um, uh, TV and film tropes right now, and we are going to pause on doing research to try to find who the Black Dahlia murderer was. We will pick those things up again at, at the conclusion of our special 100-parter series celebrating 100 episodes of the Silver Linings Playcast. I did really quick want to touch on, uh, because I I was debating, I didn't want to do a gimmick to celebrate. I wanted to do something big, but I didn't quite know what it was, and time was ticking down. And you can already tell we're late this week. We didn't record on the Wednesday that we wanted, or the Thursday that we wanted. But I think that is fair when you see the scope of the things we have planned for this special 100-parter series. Okay, uh, I did want to run over really quick a list of the 10 worst TV series cliffhangers of all time because I felt like that was kind of related. Actually, I'll say it was because I was trying to do a countdown of the worst uh, gimmicks, like anniversary episode gimmicks. I wanted to sort of see where on public opinion the idea of doing a special series to commemorate a point in our broadcast fell on pub public opinion towards doing special episodes and I couldn't find it so the closest list I found was 10 worst TV series cliffhangers of all time and this is pretty recent it comes from a December 18th 2021 article from Screen Rant and the author was Shane Redding I realize I said the date differently than I actually write the date but I just wanted to make and understandable to y'all. So, okay, this is the first list of our special 100-parter series commemorating the 100 episodes of the Silver Linings Playcast. And we're going to go over this one pretty quick because we have so much more to get to in 100 episodes, right? Okay, so Boy Meets World Season 5, Bull Season 2, The Office Season 2, Jane the Virgin Season 4, Friends Season 3, The Simpsons Season 22, Cheers Season 4, Dynasty Season 5, The Walking Dead Season 6, ALF Season 4. I don't know if those are controversial or not, because I am not familiar with any of those. I've seen some of those series, but I can't even think about what the cliffhanger was at the time. Uh, that, that didn't quite encompass what we were trying to get in our list, so I also... I've looked up uh, 10 most tiresome, annoying gimmicks in sitcoms. Classic sitcoms is a list from Medium, from a 10th of November 2021 article by Lorraine, L-O-R-R-A-E. Uh, and we're going to do this as a countdown from 10. All right. The almost door knocker, number one. A character is about to knock on a door, and then the door opens. Uh, uh, that is not exactly what we're looking for. Okay, we're, we're just going to skip over that list because I'm not super interested in that kind of thing. I'm, I'm really looking more at, like, things that have to do with season 
milestones. Let's try 10 classic TV shows that sold out with an awful gimmick, with awful gimmick episodes. From a 13th of September 2013 article on whatculture.com by William Graff. Number 10, Royal Wedding, the Moldavian Massacre. This is from the show Dynasty. I am going to quote directly from Well Culture right now. The Moldavian Massacre, in a season finale gimmick to end all gimmicks, those wildly popular 80s nighttime soap, based with contract renewal times for its major players, such as Joan Collins and Linda Evans, arranged for a guerrilla faction to storm into the wedding of Amanda and Prince Michael in the dubious country of Moldavia and slaughter the entire cast. At least that's what fans were led to believe when viewers returned the following season. Somehow the only body count was two minor characters in the weakest resolution to a cliffhanger of all time. Dynasty never really recovered from the negative fallout of this and was canceled shortly after. That sounds awful, but it also sounds super intriguing. For a couple, okay, so there's a couple things that stand out about that to me. One of them, uh, Moldavia, uh, is apparently a fictional country that they created for this show. It's very close to the country of Moldova. Uh, that's that's the country that rings it. Not not close in proximity, uh, close in spelling. I don't know what region of the world Moldavia was was supposed to portray, but it did. So there was Moldavians. Uh, this is interesting. And the reason that sticks out to me is because my cousin was adopted from Moldova. Uh, so I have a little bit of familiarity with that country, a country that not many people know exists or much about it. So, yeah, there is that. The whole plot of it also is very funny. Not funny because... Uh, Gorillas killing everybody is not funny. I don't think it's funny. Now, the reason I think it's funny is that... So this resembles, actually, something that I have talked about uh, both in one of my books on stage and just this. So when I was young, I always had a dream. Uh, not, not like a sleepy time dream, but just when I dreamed about my dream wedding as a little kid. You guys don't talk about this a lot. Uh, but I did. I had I had plans for a dream wedding. And... One of the elements of that was that I always wanted to basically have a whole bunch of actors dress up like they were, um, you know, some kind of guerrilla rebels, and I wanted them to storm the wedding party that I... And I didn't, like, have any idea about what what, what the wedding would be like. I just, I wanted to act out saving everybody. I was gonna, I just wanted to pay, like, actors to improv. I didn't realize how bad of an idea this was. I was a very tiny child at the point, and, you know, my idea was going to be that I was going to pull out a sword from my tuxedo and just, like, fight them all off. And I wanted, I wanted everybody in the wedding party to think, have I talked about this before? Probably. We've had a hundred episodes, so that, you know, there's a good chance that I've talked about things like that, uh, before. Also, Dynasty showing up on 10 classic TV shows that sold out with an awful gimmick episode, and also having, uh, you know, an entry as number three on 10 worst TV series cliffhangers of all time. 
being uh, Dynasty Season 5 was called one of the worst cliffhangers. And I don't know how many seasons it ran, so maybe is this the same one? I don't know. If I had done research on the individual episodes that were in the previous list, maybe I would know that. But anyway, okay. Epi number 9 on classic TV shows that sold out with an awful gimmick episode. Number 9, Call Waiting. In a season, I think that was a season premiere, season number nine, or at least it was during season number nine of Roseanne. And apparently this was the, one of the big controversial episodes from the original run of Roseanne that basically recast, not, not recast, but changed the context of everything that the audience had been led to believe that they had experienced in the previous uh, whole TV series, right? I don't want to give any spoilers, uh, and it wouldn't really be, I mean, it would be a spoiler to me, too, because I've never seen the whole series. But anyway, just like the idea of it changing everything that you were led to believe, uh, and people weren't really happy. Number eight from the show Happy Days, episode Hollywood which was the third part of a third three-parter. So see, we're going 97 episodes harder than Happy Days, which is notorious for actually where the, the expression was coined, jumping the shark. I'm sure anybody that has the internet or millennials or, or anybody like would know about this already. So anyway, the famous Jumping the Shark episode was uh, a big TV gimmick that a lot of these apparently, these shows, um, most of these TV gimmicks have been closely related to the shows trying to have big season finales to get renewed. They swung big and they missed. Uh, but not this next one. It was a big swing and very controversial. But I also think it's kind of fun. All right. It is number seven, Seinfeld the series finale. I don't remember it. I know I saw it because it was a big TV event, but I saw it also without having watched the series Seinfeld. Uh, so I am not really able to speak on whether I thought it was a controversially bad conclusion to a TV show. I don't know. Maybe I should watch it sometime. I'll even skip ahead and just watch the Seinfeld episode. Number six, Saint Elsewhere. Number five, Cosby Show, The Day the Spores Landed. Now, this is a gimmick episode. Uh, we're not going to get into the Cosby Show or Bill Cosby or any of those things. They have been covered plenty by plenty of people. We are simply reporting on the list uh, of TV gimmicks because that is the space that we operate yeah. And also Silver Linings Playbook, the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook. The book, The Day the Spores Landed, was a, a dream sequence show, sort of, I guess. I don't know. I'm going off of uh, the information from the article. I don't remember specifically. Apparently, uh, the main character eats like a, a bad sausage sandwich and has indigestion, and then... He starts, um, you know, having uh, 
hallucinations about uh, alien spores invading the world. And then he gets really, like, sick. Um, and, and it's supposed to be sort of like this out-of-world uh, experience that's really just sort of in, incongruent with what all the other episodes were, which were sort of these family-friendly, uh, classic, uh, you know, middle-class sitcom family situations. Uh, and that was apparently a bad move for them, <laughs> one of many, uh, I guess. I don't know. Like, again, commenting on writing from a writing perspective, not anything bigger, because I don't even exactly know how to tie it in. Number four, South Park, the episode It Hits the Fan, which was an episode where they were, uh, they had a little counter, and they were using the S word as many times as they could in the episode. And this is a big gimmick in a sense, like, and, and South Park has used a lot of gimmicks, but I think they've actually used them really well. Most of the time they're even calling themselves out on using gimmicks, and some of the stuff is like, it doesn't exactly age well. But the re yeah, so they had done that because they were still in the early, the early era of South Park, I think, where they were still establishing themselves as the sort of groundbreaking, um, you know, standard uh, breaking um, tiny cat. Hold on. Tiny Cat's trying to eat my headphones. If y'all like you could hear me just a second ago, I was yelling at Tiny Cat. Tiny Cat was trying to eat my headphones. Uh, tiny Cat being the name of our Tiny Cat, who happens to be a Tiny Cat. She is not named Tiny Cat, ironically. Like, some people think it's so funny to get a big cat and name him Tiny Cat or something. Like, no. We thought it would be way sweeter um, to just name her. But she was, because that's the name of what she is, and she is what she is named. Anyway, South Park was in its era of, like, still, still trying to sort of, I think, prove what it was. And, but, but not like prove, I mean, it did that from the beginning. It's, it's one, it's, it's been a groundbreaking cartoon, and it's been a very meta cartoon, but it's also sort of been a champion of itself, too. Uh, the writer, the author of this list just happened to think, though, that it was a little gimmicky to be taking the numbers, um, the, uh, you know, to have the little counter, because here's the thing, saying the S-word on, on a, a cable TV show at that time, like, I guess they had gotten permission or, or they found out how they could do it, um, like, that in and of itself, saying it at all, sort of got the shock factor, but I think they said it 126 times in the episode. So they said, it, it like, after the novelty of them doing it, then you just realize, like, hey, they're just going to say it again. The stakes can't really get that much bigger. So, yes, they had, like, maybe the most uses of it in a 22-minute episode, um, but, you know, like, it was the idea of doing it at all, really. The idea of doing it more. Um, so, so I could see how people could think that that was just not a great gimmick. The Brady Bunch in Season 5, this is number 3 on the list. Uh, I, I believe the episode is called Kelly's Kids. It might be the concept of Kelly's Kids. And what I was reading from this article, because, like, I don't know, I've seen the Brady Bunch, but I, had, I didn't watch the show 
um, you know, religiously. I don't know any storylines from it. I just know it is a thing, uh, right? And I've seen random episodes on Nick at Night. But apparently in season five, the um, network execs were really sort of posturing to start a spinoff series. So they really started highlighting the neighbor's uh, some other characters, not the Bradys, and apparently it was the kids of the Kellys, the Kelly kids, and uh, apparently it just didn't work for anybody. Nobody was a fan. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that didn't work. Number two, Dallas. Dallas comes up on a... I kind of want to go through Dallas and watch it all because it keeps showing up. Like, one, it was beloved, and... Apparently, like, I guess it was loved and trashy and disappointing, but also classic and historic. It shows up on all these lists of, like, worse, but also, uh, apparently there was, <coughs> excuse me, ten seasons. Wait, no, I'm thinking, I'm mixing up Dynasty and Dallas. This is Dallas's first appearance on our episode. Dynasty was the one that was on here twice. So, Dallas. Dallas. Episode, Return to Camelot and all of the 10th season. Apparently there was some gimmick there. Uh, and number one, the worst gimmick occurring to this is Doctor Who episode Love and Monsters, which was the attempt to reboot the series the first time. So I guess maybe, from what I know, and I'm not familiar with Doctor Who at all, I've seen one episode. I've seen the first episode ever. I saw the first British episode ever. Didn't really get it, so I didn't keep watching it. Haven't watched any more. Uh, sort of wish I was into it, because I've heard there's a lot of it, and I really, like, I would love to have that much TV available of a TV show I love. I know people love it, uh, but that, that's not, not me. Um, wish it was. All my favorite TV shows are very short-lived and don't have very many episodes. So, you know, that's just the price I pay for, I want to say have discerning taste, but maybe just being terrible at picking TV shows to love. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I have to say, this has been one of the hardest episodes to record to date because, um, oh, the cats, the cats are crazy. Katie's off at a uh, gig right now, and so I'm here tending, What what is it? Tending to the home front, homestead, home fires, keeping the home fires burning, keeping the home burning, keeping whatever, you know. Anyway, I'm taking care of everything, and I am not great at taking care of everything. Uh, I, I should be, though. It is the responsibility of everybody. It is not fair to think that uh, men don't have to know how to take care of stuff. This is more about me just not being good at anything. There's nothing I'm good at. <laughs> um, so the cats are going crazy right now. One of them, Tiny Cat, actually drew blood trying to jump up, but I don't mind. I wasn't mad because it was really sweet. She was trying to come up and podcast with me. It's okay. You have a hundred more episodes of this hundred-parter uh, that you can be involved in. There will be. So anyway, um, yeah. So there's all those gimmicks, and I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of pointless gimmicks just to try to make another season better. I don't ever want to be a part of, of a gimmick 
just to increase listenership. If anything, uh, I want to dissuade listeners. Here's the thing. I don't want to dissuade listeners. I have a... Hold on now. Now I've got to go get a B. Okay, sorry about that interruption. It, it, I know I just explained all the stuff going on. Uh, anyway, I don't want to be part of a gimmick to try to get more listeners. Here's, here's what I was trying to explain about. Like, I, So I don't necessarily want to artificially attract listeners. Um, that being said, would I love a large listenership? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. I have been very straightforward with y'all from the beginning. Do I want to run off the listenership? Not exactly. There is a part of me that is afraid of wasting people's time. And so it's like I want to give exactly what this podcast is every single time so that people don't have unrealistic expectations and then look back one day when they've invested too much time in being a listener, being part of the SLP community, and then be like, hey, you know, they're, they're upset. Like, why, why did you give us such a shoddy product? We definitely, you know, are upset. I know. I, if, if, <clears throat> just if you're going to be upset with it, I want you to be upset from the beginning and stop listening because there are so many better podcasts to be a part of in the world that, you know, we're just one. We're a very specific podcast, right? We're here to discuss Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. And hopefully, hopefully, if we make it to our, you know, um, it will be our 200th episode by the time we get done with the, uh, you know, 100-parter special anniversary 100 episode, then you know, we will hopefully get back to working on solving the Black Dahlia murder case. Because that's real important. Because I think, like, life things are more important than... Let me get back to describing why I don't want listeners, but I do, also. I like to believe that I am an artist. I like to believe that I am a creator. But I know myself well enough to know that if the money started coming in, if the prestige started coming in, if this podcast ever took off, I would be very tempted to sell out. And I think the, the, the whole spirit of the Silver Lining Playcast is not selling out. It's authenticity. It's Excelsior. You know? Like, if we look at the characters from the movie Silver Linings Playbook, it's so much about authenticity. Right? Everybody is playing their role until, until they realize, like, don't play your role, be yourself. And that's when the things start working out for themselves. Pat and his father, Patricio, like, they clearly, parts of them want to have a relationship, but they're not able to be who they are towards each other. They both have these sort of false senses of what men should be to one another, and that causes a lot of conflict. Pat and Jake have conflict with each other because they're competing in a way. One, Jake, Jake is his father's son, 
in a sense that he really is everything that Patrizio wants in a son, while Pat is more his mother's son. Also, him and Tiffany, look at how awkward their relationship is until they start saying, acting, and being who they are, who they want to be, right? They stop pretending that they have to fill some social, socially acceptable role of who they are. And they just start being themselves. It's like dancing. Life is like dancing. If we look at the storyline about the ballroom dancing, and let's take the movie as an example in this case, because it differs a little bit from the book, right? In the beginning, Pat's not doing a great job as a ballroom dancer because he is thinking too hard about what he has to do to get what he wants, right? He's thinking about how does he fulfill his promise to Tiffany so that she will take letters, no, a letter to his ex-wife. That's how it differs a little bit from the book. He has a whole bunch of back and forth letters. It's drawn out a little longer in the book. Um, and he starts, and then, then when you realize he fall, that he is falling in love, when he realizes that he has fallen in love with Tiffany, it affects his dancing, how he starts dancing better. Why? Because dancing, while there is a level of knowledge and skill that is required, and actually I'm going to backtrack and eat my own words on this. Like, you know, some people, there's a lot. But so dancing is a lot like filmmaking, too. You have movies and you have films, right? You have competitive ballroom dancing, which is scored empirically on a quantitative set of rules and measurements. But also, you have dancing that is life, that is communication, right? How do two people to get a score of 5 out of 10, which in the competitive ballroom dancing world would be a bad score, right? They probably lost the competition, but what did they win? They won each other. They won the ability to say the things they needed to one another. They won the ability to communicate how they were feeling. Is there a bigger victory? It depends on what you go in there wanting. One of my favorite uh, throwaway lines is when the, uh, when the ballroom dancing scene is coming to a close, they have finished their routine, Pat and Tiffany have, and they get their scores, and one of the other couples you know, tells them, ooh, that's tough, it's gonna be all right. But they don't mind. They are excited because they won. Now, I'm again gonna have to sort of go back on my own words, because this is a dumb point that I, uh, you know, backtrack on my own point, because they are getting scored uh, empirically as well. They're trying to win the parlay bet in which they needed to get five points. So they did have a score to beat. They did have sort of a, a, an empirical standard that they had to meet in order to quote unquote win. But this is, this is where we have to look at it as like this is a fictional story. 
It was never about the dancing. Dancing was the medium through which the, the story allowed the characters to express what they needed to, to move towards one another, right? Like this podcast is my tool, my medium in which I am able to convey to those people that need to hear these things what they want to hear. I realized that last sentence sounded really, really, you know, wishy-washy, flimsy, vague. But if you look at it in the most existential sense, like, it's, it's so true, right? This podcast, for the people that want what this podcast is, it's exactly what they want. And that's who we want here in, in the Playcast universe with us, in the SLP Extended Universe. Right? We don't want inflated numbers. Um, how many bots are there on the social media networks? We don't want people to tune into this podcast and, you know, just hear like typed out broken English. Hello, Mr. It's very pleasant to meet you. Would you like meet hot women in your area? Like, no. Right? We're, this podcast is not about algorithms. It's clearly not about algorithms. We could be. That's not what we want to be. That's not the authenticity, right? Like, Pat thinks he wants to be with his ex-wife. That's what everybody wants. He wants to be happy in a marriage. He just didn't know how he was going to get there because he didn't stop to look at there might be an alternative that's better. When I started this podcast, I wanted a million, million viewers. I'm not saying a million twice. I'm saying a million, million. I don't know how much that is but like a million squared. That's how many listeners I wanted. And wait, I think a million million and a million squared might be different numbers. They might be exponentially different numbers. Anyway, that's unrealistic because I think the US only has like 300 billion people. And if everybody in the US was a listener, that would still not even be close to a million million or a million squared. I just want a lot. I well I wanted a lot. When I thought when I started this podcast, fame was Nikki, my ex-wife, if I was Pat. Now that I have been jogging on the streets in in my trash bag and doing my dancing, personal fulfillment, communication, being real creating something with continuity, creating something for those people that care about this kind of thing, that, that is my Tiffany, right? And that's what we got. That's what we have here at the podcast. We have a podcast that's not like any other podcast. So also take all those reviews for Silver Linings Playbook that are like, it is a pretty good movie, but the biggest flaw of it, and it doesn't have many flaws, but the biggest flaw that you could say about it is that it you know, has like a cookie-cutter uh, romantic conclusion to it. But I think there's an irony in that, too. That's the message of Silver Linings Playbook. Look at him. Why did they choose... Why did David O. Russell choose to switch out the bell jar with uh, Farewell to Arms? They have very similar themes, and I think we could we should actually go way back to that issue sometime in, a, in an episode too. 
not in episode two, in episode also. Um, but that, you know, when Pat is frustrated about, like, why can't things have happy endings, look at how crazy that is going against the grain of how stories have gone over the last 10 years. And it is a decade, right? The movie is over a decade old now. It was a 2011 movie. This is 2022. So it's 11 years old. And he, if and the way story writing has gotten is that people want darkness, people want anti-heroes. Pat is an anti-hero, but maybe he was the last hero too. Maybe he was the last you know Hemingway. Maybe Matthew Quick is the new Hemingway. But not in a way that, you know, Farewell to Arms had a sad ending. Because you remember Pat gets upset and he throws the book out the window and he's like, why can't stories have a happy ending? So look at the fact that they gave a happy ending to the movie Silver Linings Playbook. It's almost like they're, re like they're rewriting A Farewell to Arms. It's commentary on it. It's an author saying it doesn't have to be that. It can be this. In a decade where media is absolutely characterized by being dark and loving the sad ending, loving the antagonist overcoming the protagonist, right? Why were people so excited about Avengers uh, Infinity War? They thought it was so exciting because... Thanos won. And then it was a whole meme movement online of like, maybe Thanos was right, they were saying on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, and all the social media, right? And they were saying like, you know, he's the bad guy, but he has a point. What would Pat say to that? He'd be like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he was wrong. Maybe we can do better as a society. As people, maybe we need a playbook for how to look for the good in things. It's a very hard thing to do. I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying that that's the right answer. I'm just saying that this is, this is what was put down by Matthew Quick in the Silver Linings Playbook and by David O. Russell in Silver Linings Playbook. And if, if I hope, I hope that People take the movie and the book as products of the years that they came out to. Because I think history will treat this story very kindly if it doesn't overlook it completely, because I think that's already starting to happen. When I mention to people that I meet nowadays that I have a podcast devoted to Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, they often say, oh, I remember that movie. I don't remember anything about it, though. Or, oh, I think I've heard of that. I didn't see it. That's the two reactions I get. Um, sometimes, though, people watch it, again, because I've been pushing it. And I just think that Maybe it's time for us all to rewatch Silver Linings Playbook. Not like literally watch it. You don't have to go and watch the movie. 
just watch your life and your motives. And when you are hit with a story that seems like you can't overcome, throw that out the window and say, no, maybe there can be a silver lining. Maybe there can be a happy ending. Because Hemingway is not alive anymore. Matthew Quick is. David O. Russell is. And you are. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, um, you might be a lot like, not everybody that exists in the world will be here forever as of this moment that I am saying this. But, but right now, let's, let's not tear these words apart because it's not a political talk show. It's not, it's not a sociological experiment. This podcast is truly something special to me. It is my only podcast currently. It is my longest running podcast. It is one of the longest, most consistent projects I've ever had. I haven't even done comedy every week for the last hundred weeks. It's been a lot of weeks. In fact, since this podcast came out, I probably have done more podcasts than I've done comedy. And that's okay. And it's clear because this podcast is not funny and it's not meant to be. It is not a comedy podcast. You can tell. How many episodes have there been that have been no jokes at all and not funny and there wasn't even one point worth laughing? Probably 98 so far. Maybe 97. Possibly 96. Maybe 95. It could be 94. 93, 92, 91, maybe it was 90 episodes, or 89, 88, who knows, 87, 86, 85, 84, it could be 83, it could be 82, it could be 81, it could be 80, it could be 79, it could be 78, it could be 77, it could be 76, it could be 75, could be 74, could be 73, 72, 71, could be 70, it could be 69, nice, it could be 68, it could be 67, it could be 66, it could be 65, it could be 64, it could be 63, it could be 62, it could be 61, it could be 60, it could be 59. It could be 58, it could be 57, it could be 56, it could be 55, it could be 54, it could be 53, it could be 52, it could be 51. I know it's not 50 though. I know it's not 50 or any lower number than that because if you forgot what it was counting down, it was how many episodes have there been where there wasn't anything to laugh about. And I know that we're not going two for one on, on I, know, I know we're not going one for one on funny episodes versus serious episodes. Most of these episodes have been serious. So it's probably somewhere between 50 and 100. But I would put the estimate around 99 to 95. We're also not including this episode in. Part of the reason I know is because how many episodes did I have where I was so depressed I just logged on long enough to say that I was not having an episode. One day... I keep thinking I want to go back 
and erase those episodes or go over. And then part of me is sort of like, why? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should let them. Here's the thing. It's so part of the whole story now, right? Because if you've listened to this episode, and there is no way, because this has got to be one of the worst episodes, but actually it's too soon to say if this is one of the worst episodes or not, because this is only one part. This is our first in a hundred parter series. So I think we can really only rank this episode series. We're going to rank them collectively. Episodes 100 through 199 collectively on the scale of all the episodes that there have been. So we can't even figure out where this falls in the rankings until this story ends, which is something I want you to think about. You can't tell how the story is going to rank in the rankings of, of life until the story ends. How many movies have you watched and you thought, oh, I like this, and then the ending completely, you know, changed your thought? You were let down. How many people loved Game of Thrones and then they saw the sixth season, or the eighth season, the eighth season, and they didn't like it. And they were so disappointed, it changed their feeling about the whole show up until that point. How many? A lot. That is one of the biggest criticisms. As I was watching it for the first time, people were saying, No, don't watch past season six. It gets crazy. It goes off the rails. How many people didn't like the finale of Lost? Or even several of the seasons, even though I've heard, I was listening to the Script Notes podcast, and they make an assessment that I very much agree with. Um, I don't know how Lost holds up to this, but that things hit differently when they were, they used to be watched on TV one episode a week. And then if you go and you binge watch things collectively, sometimes they hit differently. And this is because when they were making TV, they weren't anticipating binge watching so you didn't really know uh, how things were going to work people wrote differently because they didn't anticipate people watching and re-watching the same episodes of, of shows over and over or like if you missed one one week then you you missed all of it something super interesting they were talking about was something like twin peaks that back when that was was running on CBS, I believe, back in 1990, the early 1990s, I believe it was the year 1990, it had a two-season run. The first season was, like, what, 12 episodes, and then there was, like, 24 episodes or something? And they were saying that it was interesting to watch because, like, it got off to such a huge start, but the ratings as far as viewers, only went down. Because this was back in the day where, unless you recorded something on TV, if you missed an episode, you missed it. And for serialized TV shows, this was really tough, because if, if you have something that was hard to jump people back into without miss, you know having missed an episode... Um, they could be very lost and confused. And so it was more likely that people would stop watching at some point. But, like, you're never going to pick up viewers back then. You People couldn't go back and catch up on things 
so if they missed it, like they, they weren't likely to become viewers, which is totally different now. Like I am a Game of Thrones viewer. I viewed the whole thing, but I, I didn't view it live. I didn't watch it when it was originally a thing. So, you know, I'm not counted in those demographics, but they picked me up. They only increased viewers over time, I think. And I imagine that they increased a lot. And that is sort of the interesting thing about this podcast. This is, that's what I'm hoping eventually, that we will pick people up. Maybe this 100-parter will be the thing that finally gets us to where we want, but not in an artificial way. Not in, here's the thing. I don't want to pick up any listeners just because, hey, this is a 100-parter and they want to hear what a 100-parter is like. If, if, if somebody wants to listen to the Silver Linings Playcast, I, I will always say, go back to the very beginning and listen to the first three episodes and then skip to year two because there was a lot of craziness that went on in year one. And listen to, to year two and then catch up. And we're not quite through with year two. We got one more month. Uh, but then go back and fill in those episodes because I think it was really in like the last six months when this podcast has really defined what it is and what it isn't. And if you can look at those early episodes in the context of what the personality of this podcast is, it might be more palatable. It might be understandable and it might even be interesting. It might not. I could be totally wrong. I don't know much about these kind of things. If I did, I probably wouldn't be this, um, you know, podcaster. I would have already leveraged this into whatever vehicle I was hoping it would go to eventually. But I'm not, because I'm not trying to get out of this. You know, a hundred more, see, I want, I want a billion more episodes and then six seasons of this and a movie. Yes, that's a reference to Community. And you can look at our first season minus the first three to six episodes as the gas leak year. With the second season really improving in quality. But not that much that it ever is something that I would say there is ever quality to. It's more that we have defined what our lack of quality is going to be. And we started becoming comfortable with that lack of quality. And that is a freedom that we got because we don't have listeners. We're not beholden to an audience. If, if we had numbers, if this was CBS and I was Twin Peaks, then every week I, I would have nothing but the ability to lose listeners. The beautiful thing about nothing is that anything is more than, than nothing. And so that's what we are. We're building on nothing each and every week. We're a little more than nothing. But right now, we have more to this episode ahead than we even have of it. I mean, we're about to conclude this episode, but... There's 99 more parts to this very special episode. So I think, I think we've gotten a little too crazy right now. Partially probably just because I'm by myself and going a little crazy. 
But uh, let's let's wrap this up. But we will continue this next week where we will be doing the second part in our special 100 episode series of the 100th anniversary, 100th, no, it's not the 100th anniversary because that would be 100 years, the 100th episode special 100 parter of the Silver Linings Playcast, the most authoritative, the most comprehensive, the longest running, and as far as I know, the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and thus Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Tune in next week, and hopefully, you'll tune in for 99 more weeks, and then as many episodes after that, as long as we keep doing this. All right. Until next time, we will see you down the road and Excelsior. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping Kenny G really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why they're so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play cast.